folks. We're back. It's entirely the right sort of podcast. And this is a very special, entirely the right sort of episode where I'm answering wonderful fan mail from entirely the right sort of fans. Now, I've been traveling up and down the Great Stone Road, you know, slinging my loot or whatever I play around just trying to make money to feed the dog and the horses. And this tanker stopped by the other day and was like, hey, you there, I have some mail for you. This is not a good bit. I'm going to stop. But rest assured, I do want to do the bit of me being a trooper. Anyway, I got some good emails and some good tweet, tweet, Twitter messages with some great questions from you, my wonderful fans, I'm going to do them all in one because I like the idea of a little mail episode. And hopefully I can do this again. Keep sending in the questions to um, etrsop at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at etrsop. I love reading from you guys. I love hearing from you guys. And I'm hoping to do this again. Oh, by the way, if this is somehow your first episode, welcome. My name is RJ, which stands for Robert Downey Jr. And we're going to get right into it. Hope you guys enjoy this. Let me know what you think. And if you really, really enjoy it, you can head over to Tim Cook's little, um, there's this guy named Tim Cook. He like took over this little like mom and pop company called Apple. And there's this thing called Apple Podcasts and you can like rate and review podcasts. So if you do that, um, support a small business. So Mandy, she of Caster Quest fame, asks a tinker's packs tell a story about a seemingly insignificant item you found slash bought that made a big difference later on conversely a story about an item you should have brought that would have been very helpful in a situation i took some time to think about this because i'm sure i have a story about an item i bought or should have bought um a lot of times i leave on a trip without a charger So I really need a charger. Like I was, for example, traveling to Cambodia about two years ago and forgot my iPhone charger. Like I had a a brick, you know, like a portable charger, but I didn't have a cord. So I bought one at the Hong Kong airport and it didn't work. So I returned it and got a new one that worked for about three days. Um, and then started going kaput. So very often I had to borrow a friend's charger. I also have forgotten like a portable USB charger for, you know, a gadget. So don't leave, don't leave the continent without a phone charger. Cause you're going to need your phone. It's the 21st century. Recently, um, my, I was visiting my partner and she was house sitting for a friend And since she was working a lot, I would go over to the friend's house to feed his cats and take care, make sure they were taken care of. And she told me like, don't lose his keys. This is the only set of keys. He said he'd kill me. Obviously he wouldn't kill her. And one day we were going to meet this guy, um, just kind of on his way back from where he was, he had to go somewhere else for work. So we were kind of meeting him halfway to do some sightseeing in Washington. 
and I brought my jacket. And when I was putting my hands in the jacket, thank God the keys were in there from the day before when I had seen the cats. So that is a very recent time when just a seemingly insignificant choice I made, you know, to bring my jacket was a good choice. I also am a big proponent of always making sure you have a snack and always making sure you have water. I am a um, voracious, should we say, water drinker. I drink so much water throughout the day. So if I'm ever in a situation where I don't have water, it's a bad time and I am unable to be consoled or reasoned with until I get my water. Also, a good snack, some gum. I drive DoorDash. You know, you always going to make sure you have a snack in the trunk. Always make sure you have some gum. Always make sure you have extra forks in case the restaurant forgets the forks. Um, so yeah, just like make sure you got a snack. Thanks for the question, Mandy. So Lisa asks, which subject I would most want to study at the university? Which university? the university, your grace. Um, and what would I do with this arcane knowledge? So for some reason, Lisa, I hadn't thought about this too much before you brought it up to me. Um, so I'm really glad that you did bring it up. I would, I mean, I'd love to study sympathy. I think it would be really useful. Sympathy to me seems like, like anyone can do it. You just need to be trained. Like you need to be smart. Um, so hopefully I'd be smart enough to be a sympathist. I think even if I knew the basics, I'd be able to do a lot more than like regular folks who hadn't studied there. But I don't know what I would do with sympathy, like just to be a sympathist. So I'm going to say I would be an artificer. I'd want to study artificing in the university. One, I love Kilvin. Um, two, it's really useful. And hopefully in Tamarant, I'd be better with my hands because I think in my current iteration of who I am, I'm not a very hand-eye um, coordinated person. I like the idea of sigildry and, and of building things. And we get a lot of time with Kvothe in the fishery learning all the cool things artificers make. And I know that there is sympathy involved there. So I think I could kind of be both. Um, for the question of, of, of what I would do, I kind of needed to zoom out and say, okay, RJ, you're in Temerant. Um, What would you do kind of in this in this medieval setting? I know being a farmer is a hard life, but I, I think that there are some aspects of it I would enjoy. I would love to have fruit trees and take care of chickens and cows and like make bread and cheese and jam for people and also eat bread and cheese and jam all day. I think that would be great. I would also love to open a bookshop slash coffee shop, and I think I could use artificing to make my job easier and more efficient. Like I could build a prototype espresso machine or something and uh, like a milk steamer. I feel like you could do that and find a way to make the best coffee and tea in the world. And I think that'd be really freaking cool. So your good friend of mine, Mandy asks, pick three teachers, describe how a date with each would go. Um, a few parameters. She didn't specify if this is a date in the world of Temerant or like a modern AU, as you fanfic people might say. So I'm going to take creative license and say this is in our world. Let's go even further with creative license and say the pandemic is over, so we have freedom of movement. I also, I don't know which date this is. I'm going to assume it's a first date. So the first date we're going to go on with is Elks Adal, Master Sympathist. Now, I don't know what kind of job he would have. 
you know, some of these kind of like physics, if not, you can tell me I'm wrong. So I just don't want to say he's going to be a teacher because then I feel like I'm going to say everyone's going to be a teacher. I feel like I don't really know what a physicist does. So I'm starting out real strong with this. Um, the thing about, we'll figure out what he does later. Thing about Oxidol, Oxidol is he's going to make you get the Uber for the date. You guys are going to meet at the date. It's probably going to be 7 or 8 p.m. It's going to be getting kind of dark. And this is going to be important later. You know, my guy's going to be well-dressed. He's going to, you know, maybe have a little bit of a theatricality. He's probably going to be wearing, like, all black. And he's going to take you to this, like, swanky restaurant. You're going to have a bougie drink or two and, like, a nice cheese board. Very you know, very delicious. You're going to enjoy some nice conversation. He's going to flatter you. He's going to tell you jokes, ask you about your hobbies. You know, it's going to be a nice date. It's going to be 50-50 um, if he's going to pay for the whole bill or um, make you split it because, you know, he's a bit of a cheapskate. So after that, after that is where it's going to get weird because as you know, whatever his reasons for doing it, Elks Adult basically runs a fight club for children at the university. So after your little wine and cheese plate, of course, here's the thing. He's not, if he's paying, he's not paying for dinner. Like you already ate, right? Like he's not buying you a full dinner. If he's paying, it's going to be a little meat, little cheese, little wine. Like you already ate. He's not going, he's not doing the whole thing. So after your little meat and cheese, He's going to mention there's an underground show that he's interested in seeing a couple blocks away. You're going to be like, oh, great. You know, it's theater, it's poetry, it's music. So you decide to go with him only to find upon entering. It's like an underground karate club for privileged teens who are using physics to beat each other up. And he's got money on it. And he, in fact, taught these kids how to fight with each other. And either you love it. Or are you going to take an Uber home alone? Next up is my guy, Kilvin. Um, I definitely see him as being something, something a little, a little sophisticated. Maybe he's into ceramics. Um, just something. He's, he's a builder. He's good. He's good with his hands, ladies and gentlemen. And he also works a lot, right? So you're going to meet up like on a weekend afternoon because it's the only time he has off. And he's going to show up in like a big sweater or like a nice t-shirt with some overalls. You know, he's not going to be super dressed up, but he's still going to make an effort to look nice, even though there's going to be like stains all over the guy. I see him like taking you to like a pottery class or a painting class or to 3D print something or maybe to one of those... There's like creative labs places where you can like go in and build stuff like with gears. I feel like he'd be really good at that. Or he's going to like take you to a museum, like a science museum. I feel like he would really like that, even though he's going to get a little distracted by the exhibits and you're going to have to like push him, you know, like move on, dude. Um, Then you guys are probably going to be hungry because, you know, with Kilvin, if you went to the museum, you're going to be in there for three hours at least. So you're going to go lunch somewhere casual. Honestly, I see him as like being a museum cafe kind of guy. Like it's a little pricey there and like the sandwich isn't good, but he's hungry. So y'all are going to eat or else you guys are going to go to some like taqueria somewhere 
and get, you know, somewhere where you can get a decent amount of food for a reasonable price, you're not going to, you're not going to have the best small talk, like the best chat, but I think the conversations you are going to have are going to be substantive. And then he's, you're going to go home. He'll probably pay for your Uber. And then immediately after you get home, he's going to text you like before you can text him, like, Hey, did you get there safe? And he's going to tell you he had a great time. That would be a good date with Kilvin. My final date is with master linguist himself, the master of words, Chancellor Herma. I believe his first name is Arthur. So we don't know a ton about the guy. Hopefully you can find out a little more on Tinder or wherever, since this is modern day. I think I can still imagine rather how this guy's going to be on a date based on Quoth's description of him as a teacher. So I see him as, you know, as a linguist, possibly out of, out of the three of them on the date, the most likely to actually be a teacher and possibly, you know, or we could go the entire other way. And he like works for the FBI because he knows so many languages. I don't know. I don't know what linguists do. I was actually like thinking of becoming one. And then I was like, hmm. I'm going to choose journalism because I'm going to make so much money. Anyway, I don't make any money. That's a joke. So I think Herma would like take you to a play or a poetry reading, something to do with words. It's likely going to be kind of underground, you know, a little raunchy and like definitely, definitely political. Like, I feel like he would take you to like bread and puppet show or he's going to take you to like pod save america taping i don't know i don't really listen to them i'm just trying to think of something relevant you know maybe with herma you're going to meet at a bookstore you're going to discuss your favorite literature over a cup of tea that would be really nice just walking around looking at the books with him maybe going on a tour of a beautiful local library for example if you're in you're in new york um you can walk around i guess i'm sure they have nice libraries there I don't really know why I started saying New York. It's just a big city. Toronto. Shout out to my Toronto heads. You're just going to have just a really nice, nice little time. A little cup of tea. You know, maybe a little, little sandwich. And I think he's going to be a good conversationalist. And this would be an intellectually stimulating date. Now, I know that I didn't include Aloden. Sorry to all my Aloden heads out there. My Aloden fans and stands. So, first of all, I wanted to be unique. I feel like Aloden is a character a lot of people like, and I wanted to give some shine to the other folks. Um, I wanted to get a good dig in at Elksadal because one of the funniest parts of Wise Man's Fear, as I've realized listening to Page of the Wind, is the fact that Elksadal, like, Kvothe offers to buy him a drink in thanks for Elksadol defending Kvothe during the trial in Imra, and Elksadol like racks up the tab, and I think that is just unintentionally hilarious. So I wanted to give him and uh, Kilvin, who I love, and Master Herma, I keep almost saying him, wanted to give them a fair shake. Also, friends, besties, listeners, readers, viewers, let, let, let's be real here. Okay, let's let's be honest. I'm going to say something that maybe you're not going to like. And my dog's coming down the hall so you can hear her little feet. Would Aloden actually show up for the date? And if so, would you have fun? 
I believe that's the question we have to ask ourselves. We have to look deeply inside of ourselves. And sometimes we have to face these uncomfortable truths. And this is what podcasts like this are for. I'm I'm doing this for the culture. I'm doing this for the fandom. A Loden would probably not be a good date. If he showed up, he'd be late. He'd have leaves in his hair. He would not know what to do. He would probably just, he'd probably just be weird. And some of y'all are into that but you know, maybe I'm not, or probably more likely he would not come to the date because he'd be at home running his, he'd be a small business owner practicing Reiki over zoom and he'd get distracted by the rose quartz crystal he has charging on his windowsill. So no, I don't think a date with Aloden would be very fun. Again, I'm sorry for all the Aloden stands, but you know what? You get what you get and you don't throw with it. So from Dylan, again, we've got the question, who would my dream cast be in the lead roles of a KKC TV show? This is probably going to be the longest answer I have because I, I wanted to do it justice for you, Dylan. Hope you enjoy this. It's a hard question for me, but I'm going to answer anyway. I, um, you know, I watch a, a decent amount of TV and, and movies, but... I guess not enough to really have someone pinned down for all of these roles. I think, I mean, getting what's crucial is getting Quoth right. I think that they'd probably need two young actors, um, one to portray him between like 11 and 15 um, when he's with his parents and then when he, he's in Tarbian and then, you know, maybe change to someone around the time he leaves Tarbian. Not to mention we need an older actor for Coat. We know Sam, Will, Ari, Denna are late teens, early 20s. A little older than him, but I think that we can kind of fudge with with the age a little bit because we know Quoth looks older. Um, Willem, I think you need someone who's got a really wicked sense of humor but is, is, has a presence, you know, has kind of this stoic, solid presence. I think that, uh, Jaden Smith, son of, of Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, I think he's got a good mix of being serious and thoughtful, but he's also got that, that dry humor and that occasional vulnerability we get from Will. I think Caleb McLaughlin of Stranger Things would also be a, a good choice for Will. He looks more like Willem does when I think of him. And I think both of them are probably around the right age. For Sim, we need someone who's smart, someone who's loyal, someone who's openly emotional, be able to portray that. So um, if you've seen Love, Simon or the miniseries A Teacher, there's this guy, Nick Robinson. Um, I think he's got the the sim sweetness and and the ability to tap into his emotional side. He's he's a brunette and I I think he's closer to 30 than to 20, but you know, I think he could do it. I I really like I said I don't know about Quoth. I don't know enough young actors to to be able to say that. I know I joked on Twitter that it should be Lil Nas X in the red wig um from Call Me By Your Name and you know what? give a shot, you know, just, just, just let the man try in all seriousness for coat. I've seen, I've seen a lot of names thrown around of like actual people with red hair, right? I've seen Tom Hiddleston, AKA Loki. 
I've seen Cameron Monaghan, who I know best as Cal in Jedi Fallen Order. I think what feels most right to me is Sam Clayton, who who played Finnick in The Hunger Games, if you've seen him. There's just something about him that I think he could get to that place of just deep sadness and an occasional anger that Quoth has. So there's a really young actress that I saw in the movie News of the World with Tom Hanks, who's only 12, um, but she really gave me Ari energy in that movie. Her name is Helena Zangle. She's, she's German. She played, you know, this really feral young woman with a sad past. And I can definitely, definitely see her as Ari. I read, read an interview um, with Helena and one with Tom Hanks. And it seems like this kid's really talented. She's very, in, like, very intense of an actor. And uh, if this series is made in like five, ten years, I think she'd be absolutely perfect. For for a current actress, I think maybe uh, Chloe Grace Moretz could embody Ari well. She's still pretty young and she's kind of got that, that ethereal look about her. So for Denna, you know, Denna's hard to pin down. She's charming and she's funny, uh, but she also has this darkness and this really deep sadness about her. And I think she struggles a lot with her own self-worth. So I think Zendaya could get there. I know she's done some more dramatic roles recently. Um, she's also got a, a, a really kind of wicked sense of humor, not to mention she, she is a singer. She's a musician, so that connects to Denna. Um, Zendaya right now is 24, but she's obviously able to play younger because she plays a teenager in Euphoria and also in the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. Please excuse my burp. So for Bast, um, I, you know, Bast, you got to get someone who looks young, but has an old soul basically. Cause he's, he's under, under, I would say under 25. I know he looks like a young man, so he probably presents that way. So if you've seen the Vampire Diaries, which is uh, maybe, maybe 10 years old at this point, Ian Somerhalder does just, I think, would really be able to capture that mischief and menace that Bast has. I've always thought that he's got the stuff to play Bast. Um, Ian's in his early 40s right now, though, so he's possibly a bit too old, and, and maybe you could pop him in there for a load-in. Because what I think is key for both Bass and Aloden is the eyes. And Ian has just these beautiful blue eyes that can be really expressive. I've seen folks say Ezra Miller for Bass, but after that video popped up of him like choking a woman in a bar, I don't really want to see him in Kingkiller. I, so the one I'm most sure of is Mayor Alvaron, <laughs> which I know is not necessarily a main character or a character people think a lot about of. I... I think Colin Farrell's got the look. He's like right around the right age for the mayor's actual age. Um, they definitely have to age him up a little bit because as we know, the mayor looks quite sick when Quoth first meets him and that ages him up. Um, I think he could portray Alvaron's grace and his power and be able to, to, to get us to that anger and or dry humor when we need it. Um, and finally, as I said in my Vachette podcast, my dream casting for Vachette is myself. Is myself. Um, <laughs> just because I love her. Um, and as I said before, we're going to need... Listen. Listen. First of all, 
Am I strong? <laughs> no. Mentally, physically, emotionally? <laughs> no. Um, do I have blonde hair? No. Do I have gray eyes? No. But that's the, ma- the magic of movie making, baby. You can get me there. You can get me there. If you can turn Benedict Cumberbatch into Smaug, you can turn me into Vachette. I'm, a, I, I'm about the age. You know, I like to laugh. Uh, I could probably do a weird accent and she's great. So (laughs) uh, those are, those are my dream castings. I hope they made sense to everybody. So another question from Lisa, she asks, you get to spend a week long vacation in Timorant. Where do you go? This is, this is a really cool question. I honestly, I've got to say yill or, or, or ill, Denna, when she's writing to Quoth, describes it as just this really lovely place with rolling hills and warm weather. And there's something really exciting to me about a place with a secret. You know, those Yellish knots. We don't know much about Yell, so I just would like to explore it, meet the people, experience the culture. I think it's possible Pat drew inspiration from Ireland when he wrote about Yell because it's an island country. Uh, the folks have red hair and then they lost some of their culture when the big Atorian empire came crashing in, though I don't think Ireland is as warm as y'all might be. We have a question from Amanda who asks, do you think it's an error that Scarpy knew Quoth's name in Tarbian or do you think he knew it somehow? So I think it's important to note that when Rothfuss published the 10th anniversary edition of Name of the Wind, he changed some things for, for clarity and story, but he didn't change this. Scarpy still calls Quoth Quoth without having a formal introduction to him. Obviously, that signifies to me this wasn't an error. Scarpy was meant to know Quoth's name. Personally, I think it's because Scarpy knew Arladin. Quoth's dad, we know Arladin was looking for the story of Lanray far and wide. Quoth himself doesn't tell us this. Arladin tells Ben during the conversation around the campfire when they're also discussing the Chandrian. So it's logical to me that either young Quoth met Scarpy and doesn't remember it, or that Arladin mentioned his son to Scarpy and Scarpy somehow remembered. Of course, it's possible that Scarpy is a very powerful namer or he's one of the Aemir keeping an eye on Quoth, but I think the answer might be a little more mundane. And I say that just because Master Lauren also knew about Arladin, Arladin the Bard, he says. So I think it's possible Arladin was somewhat well-known in these storytelling circles. Got a question next from Dylan of the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast. Hello, Dylan. He asks who my favorite character is in Kingkiller Chronicle. I think this changes, but I think usually it's Vachette. And I... I just, I think she's underrated. I think that we can't really underestimate how much Quoth was in danger for knowing the Katan and learning about the Lathani and being in Ademre. I, I know that they had a rough start and a rough middle, but I really admire her for being able to perceive him for who he was, to see 
kind of that darker half to be honest with him about her misgivings um, and just really to teach him so much in such a short time. And also, I mean, she's just kind of funny and she likes to laugh and I appreciate that about her. I also love Mola, even though she doesn't get a lot of shine. I do really love Willem very much. There are a lot of characters in the Chronicle that I love, but I've, I've, man, I've got to say Vashet's my favorite. So Lisa asks, what three things would you bring to a dinner with Ari and what secrets do they hold? I really love this question. Um, it, it took some out of the box thinking for me. So hopefully these are good answers. The, the first thing I'm going to bring her is food because I don't think Ari eats enough. I would really love to see what she would make of Chipotle or Bibibop or something very colorful and unique. I would love to see Ari with a stuffed crust pizza from Pizza Hut, but I'm worried that all of those different ingredients might really wreak havoc on her. So I'm going to bring Ari a sandwich. And the sandwich, as cliche as this might sound, holds the secrets of alchemy and chemistry because you've got all these ingredients coming together to make something totally new and delicious. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to bring her a, a little club sandwich. So you've got marbled rye, love marbled rye, a little lettuce and tomato, a little salt and pepper on it to just kind of bring out the flavor. Some nice deli turkey, some ham, good cheese, I don't know, like a gouda or like a a nice Havarti with, of course, crispy bacon and a little, little schmear of mustard. I'm not really a mayonnaise person except in very particular situations. So I would like to see what, what Ari would think of a sandwich. The second thing is one of those stress balls, like you get them at, I don't know, job fairs or health fairs, a little stress ball that has, you know, the name of the company on it or, or whatever. But I know that recently people have been making these like little squeezy balls in the shape of things. I have, I guess it's a stress ball or a stress thing that is this like teal cat with this cute little smile on his face, but he's sitting in like a brown sprinkled donut. So he's just really cute and you can squish him obviously. And I think the secret in that is that no matter how much you squish it, roll it up and try to make it into something else, it's always going to return to its original shape. And I think that she might like that, that idea, because I think it speaks to being human, that no matter how many challenges, how much pressure we're under, we will always return to the core of who we are. You can argue with me on that, but that's what I'm going for. So the third thing I would bring her is a locket that thinks it's a clam. No, an oyster. A locket that thinks it's an oyster. What's the one that has a pearl inside? I think it's an oyster. Anyway, you know, Ari gave Kvothe, I believe, a ring to hold his secrets. So I think she'd like the idea of a locket where she can hold her secrets. She can put something very sentimental in there and kind of keep it close to her heart. Um, you know, I would love to know what's in there, but I, of course, wouldn't ask. And those are the things I would bring Ari. Folks, that's going to do it for my inaugural, hopefully not the last question and answer podcast. I had a lot of fun. I'm going to keep rolling on down the road. I'll see you guys on Twitter. Um, 
please feel free to shoot me a line anytime. I really, really, really appreciate you all. Um, hopefully I say it enough. Again, whether it's your first listen or you've been here since the beginning and you've you've heard me in all of my iterations of recording quality and vibe. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you. I hope everyone's doing good out there and that you're enjoying the springtime and that the world is calm and peaceful or chaotic. If you want it to be chaotic and you're a Sagittarius or something, like go for it. So I'll see you guys where the roads meet. Until then, may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short.